Oh my god, fuck me. I'm not really into jabby jabby. The Jew hammer. Probably did it with his dick. I'm just saying. I don't know I wasn't there, but probably. I can do it all day long. I fucked your wife. Don't move. Hold still. Oh, I was thinking white people. Sorry, I feel bad now. Welcome back to uh, the Renaissance. <laughs> That's a, a mis- misrepresentation of my character. I think. No. No. no pretty on, really. pretty on point. Okay. Never yeah, yeah. It's pretty much you. All right. Uh, <laughs> Renaissance episode 74, yeah. as you may be able to tell. Spent a little while this morning playing with Ray's voice. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the highlights. The Ray right. Harris highlight yeah. reel. It's, good. it's what I'm going to be remembered this... for when everything else is gone. Mm. Those clips. At your funeral. <laughs> Put it on big speakers. When you're when yeah. when the coffin is going down <laughs> into the ground, I'm going to be there, hit, just hit play. playing with the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, White and no people. one will know. I'll be I'll right. be doing it. I'll be doing it surreptitiously. I'll be controlling it on my phone. I'll big speakers set up. People are like, "What? What? The what is happening?" And then they'll start <laughs> spitting on my coffin as it goes down into the hole. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You'd be like, uh... Give me a- I fucking knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it the whole time. Actually, I'm okay with that. Uh, oh my Love God. the juice. <laughs> now I can't I'm run. holding it up with my penis, actually. <laughs> I can't run for office now. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> In our last episode, Ray, Aww, we, um, yeah. we witnessed the death yeah. of uh, Cosimo de' Medici, right. the... I mean, not the founder, but really the guy yeah, who uh, the elder. Uh, uh, kicked it into high gear. I mean, right. his dad, Uncle uh, Daddy, Papa Jojo, right, had really uh, started the banking thing. Cosimo took the Medici to a whole new level by right. taking the complete power over Florence and also ramping up his patronage of the arts, but uh, his grasp of a quasi-dictatorship of political power for 30 years in Florence, uh, bringing stability, peace, economic prosperity in the process. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's mostly what we remember Cosimo for. He was was a powerful man, and, and as we've explained, all the while, being a dictator for 30 years, essentially, quite behind the scenes, not flashy... Nope. Had a nice had a nice house, but would would dress simple, dress humble, didn't didn't show it off. Right, like to just stay behind the scenes. Yeah. he wasn't your uh, Donald Trump style <laughs> dictator. Not even close. Uh, no, he was your he was your quiet yeah. backroom sort of dictator, pulling the strings. Right. Don Corleone. <laughs> I'm here. I'm not here. I'm here. I'm I'm not here. Let me ask you this: Would it be fair to compare? I didn't mean to rap just then. I apologize. Um, Papa Joe with Philip II and in some ways Cosimo with Alexander is like, you built this up. You did it. You, you've got the foundations for me. Now I'm just going to take it and I'm just going to fucking run with it. And again, you're right. I mean, Cosimo was subtle, but by the time he dies, he is the out and out ruler. He's been a ruler for decades. He's, he's helped bring about peace Almost the exact opposite of Alexander, really. But uh, he, he, yeah. he had to bring about peace uh, throughout central Italy. I mean, this guy took what his father built and probably went much farther than his father would have assumed. He probably thought it was going to take a couple generations. But that's the man that Cosimo was. Yeah, he was the complete opposite of Alexander in some ways. But yes, he, he took what his father gave him and he built yeah. on it. I have to ask, what is Fox going to do with your... Legacy, um, body of work. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God only knows. I'm sorry to be <laughs> Well, Hunter, Hunter's already a TikTok star. Oh. Hunter already has more followers on TikTok than we have listeners to our podcasts. He has nine. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> now, how many does he have? If I can, I know. if I can ask. 
Oh, I, I've, I, I haven't he's even got a lot recently, but he's, he's got a lot. Yeah, yeah, many, many thousands of followers on TikTok. Yes, does he keep his clothes on mostly? I mean, there's nothing wrong with selling yeah. out, but okay, all right, good. No, for he's doing he's doing little skits, oh. little skits. Some are funny, some not so much. But you know, he's learning. He's studying the art, the craft of right. the uh, the yeah. Not like us, where every <laughs> joke we make just hits it out the park. <laughs> not everybody can. Uh, come on, I know. It's a, well, we've been at it a long time. That's true. We're professionals. <laughs> mm, okay. So anyway, yeah. back to Cosmo. Yes. Died in nineteen sixty-four. No, fourteen sixty-four. <laughs> right, age seventy-five. Give or take five hundred years. Yep. Yeah. And his only surviving son, Piero di Cosimo de Medici, a.k.a. Piero il Gottoso. Ooh, sounds romantic. It does until you find out that it translates as the gouty. Piero the gouty. Yeah, not so hot. I I just began with il Gottoso. Yeah. Hello, I am il Gottoso. You killed my I father. Come. Oh, sorry, different guy, different guy. Sorry. Il <laughs> Gutoso. Uh, he takes over. He's 48 years old, right. and he would rule Florence yeah. for just five years. Oh. But it's an important period, Absolutely. and we're not going to take a long time to cover Piero. I mean, we're a couple episodes. of episodes. Oh, but, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but by what mechanism did he take over, Ray? Was, was there a vote or something? Um, actually, this is not well known uh, there, Normie. There was a vote, a vote of one. It was him. He raised his hand and fuck me if he didn't get the job. No, there was absolutely no vote. There was no discussion. It was all assumed, not only by him, but by all the important people in Florence. It just got passed on to Cosimo's son. The leadership wow. of the city. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just here you go, son. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, like we we, we can't just breeze over that. Right. We, we have to stop. It's a bit like when we've been doing the whole Augustus to Tiberius to Caligula exactly. thing on the Caesar show. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't a monarchy. It was a republic, the, the Re- Florentine Republic. Yes, it was. And... Yes, they had uh, allowed, I guess, uh, in a manner of speaking, Cosimo to be a quasi-dictator for 30 years, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be happy to transfer that same level of authority onto his son, particularly when his son... He hadn't really accomplished much. Yeah. I mean, he's nearly 50, but he's very, very uh, ill. He's suffering a great deal with the gout, and we'll get into that more in a little bit. But, you know, he'd had some political experience <clears throat> as, as an ambassador and that kind of thing. But really, yeah. he's not he's not uh, this, this great military or political or even business yeah. leader. And so transferring the power is one thing. Transferring it to a son who really isn't all that impressive on the surface is even harder to swallow. And as we'll see, a lot of people did struggle to swallow, unlike you. <laughs> um, they, they said, we don't swallow. Practice, my friend. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Now, his wife may have had something to do, though, with the transition of power because he had married well. Do you have much on uh, Mrs. Gouty? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Not unlike ourselves, great men. Uh, We have great women beside us, you know, helping us on our journey. So fortunately for Mr. Gouty, his father, Cosimo, had chosen his wife for him, Lucrezia... Tornaboni, the daughter of the Medici's bank's uh, long-term manager in Rome. So this person's in the main branch. He's, he's dealing with these cardinals. He's probably dealing with the popes. He's got a lot of connections. He's made a lot of money over the years. And Cosimo ties their two families together. And she is not just some simple housewife. She is uh, She's well-educated. If I remember correctly, she read Latin and Greek. She would go on to do a lot of writing. And um, her fa- her family also from Florence, could trace their lineage back 
some 500 years, and she, and she was born in 1427. Um, so she marries him in June of 1444. Her dowry was 1,200 florins. And as we said, I think you said a couple episodes ago, a florin was like between a hundred and a thousand dollars. So, so not bad. Unfortunately, she would have her own physical ailments that would tie her up as well. In fact, she would be away seeking uh, baths to help her with her uh, arthritis um, and skin issues. And they did spend a lot of time apart writing beautiful letters to each other about how much they missed and loved each other. Have you made your decision for Christ? She was she was very religious. She was. A little, little too much for me. Yeah. One thing we find with these uh, uh, Medici men, yeah. whilst they are quite fond of the humanism, right. they tend to marry very religious women. I guess it's, it's possibly yeah. because... Women weren't introduced to humanism at a young age, like uh, right. Cosimo and Piero and, and Piero's kids' Just do, uh, sons. Do were. your knitting, learn how to run a house, and read your Bible or listen to the priests, I guess is what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah. So she's, uh, in, the, in the history, she's described as very charming, very spirited, very religious, highly accomplished in her own right. And has a lot to do with mm. the raising of their children, right. and in particular, of course, uh, the the heir of the Medici uh, power mm. and fortune when Piero dies, Lorenzo, aka Lorenzo the Magnificent, <laughs> the original Lord Flashheart. <laughs> yes, uh, and when, when you think uh, where most people think of the the major accomplishments of Medici patronage. Mm-hmm. In the late 1400s, early 1500s, what they're thinking is uh, Lorenzo. Right. He's the guy who really just went, I'm here, baby. <laughs> Get Stand back, bitches. Watch how I Medici. I know how to Medici. And I'm going to Renaissance. Now, yeah. Yeah. Watch me Renaissance this bitch. <laughs> Uh, but a lot, a lot of that, a lot of his, his, his confidence in himself mm-hmm. and in his role as a Medici came from his mother. Right. Now, uh, her family, uh, as you said, very old, the, the Tornaquinci, mm. they were known, once had come from nobility, but apparently in order to get around some of the disadvantages of being a noble right. in the, these uh, times, particularly when you know Florence is uh, a republic, and as you know, the, the nobility have been kept out. Oh, yes. Of, of, of politics for a couple of hundred years at this stage, they had changed their name from Tornaquinci to Tornabuoni. Well, we're the good Torna. We're not the... Uh, we're not the... <laughs> we're not the, the, the four. We're not the... No, Quinci five. We're not the five Torna. Right. We're the good. We're the good That's Torna good now. Man. We've changed. Right. Rebranded. <laughs> they altered ever. their... They altered their family uh, arms... And uh, citizen, we we don't we don't have to be nobility anymore. But as we will see, right, uh, Lucrezia, the 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 mother, was keen to get the family back into the nobility right. uh, when it comes to marrying off her eldest son. Gotcha. But they were still very rich. Their palace in what is now one of the main streets of Florence, was very fancy. Uh, it was it sat on the Via de Tornabuoni, oh, which right. Tony Coniston will be pleased to hear. Uh, is now, now you can uh, buy private residences <laughs> in that uh, palace. For yourself or you friends, own, right? Yeah, or yeah. friends, right. yeah. yeah. Or, or to, like timeshare even. Ooh. And yeah. this is why Tony will be happy to hear this. The Via de Tornabuoni once housed the Cassoni Cafe, where, in 1920, right. Camillo Negroni invented the Negroni cocktail, which is uh, Tony's favourite drink, oh. as listeners of our QAV podcast will be aware, nice. because we uh, talked about it recently and then had dinner with Tony the other night, and we, we drank Negronis as an aperitif. Right. If you ever never had a Negroni, it's uh, one part gin, one part vermouth rosso, right. one part Campari, garnished with an orange peel. Oh, sounds pleasant. Yeah. Yeah? It is. Yeah. Very pleasant uh, aperitif. Nice. Anywho, uh, 
but you can yes you can you can own a little bit of the old Tornabuoni Palazzo nice. now I had a look at a video posted a video I think to our Renaissance Facebook page check it out it looks very nice cool and Lucrezia was uh, a patron of the arts and a poet in her own right. right. So she is an impressive woman. And But uh, Piero, on the other hand, eh, you know, actually the surviving busts and paintings of him depict him as relatively handsome yeah. compared to most of the mm. Medici. Let's be honest, <laughs> good thing the Medici were rich <laughs> because... <laughs> They Not were a very unattractive Not a men. Right, right. Very unattractive. Well, when they say yeah. you're one of the most handsome of the Medici, uh, you got to look at the other guys first before you get truly impressed. So I, I think he was pretty much so plain looking that it came across as almost handsome compared to everybody else. But obviously, as he gets older and the gout starts going, even what little looks he has, I'm not saying he does, but they're going to go away pretty quickly. And I think, didn't um, didn't one of the sources say, because of his gout, he almost had a very, he probably had a deep yellow complexion. That's not Mm. sexy. I mean, maybe if he was auditioning for Cats, but I, I just don't think that's sexy. I don't think I could take anything to my penis. But go ahead, go ahead, pull down your pants. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that's got to do with it. Yeah, like uh, he, he's uh, Piero is relatively handsome. He's got the drooping eyelids yeah, that we've mentioned before, hard. and he's got gout gout lumps on his <laughs> neck. But he wasn't a big fat slob, right. like his hey, nickname suggests. I think I think gouty. I think a big fat guy, but right. apparently not. Well, he had a bit of a bad bowl haircut. Looks a bit like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think when it came to the, it wasn't so much his girth, but certain of his joints were inflamed, and maybe that was the the impression you get of someone being physically large. Were some because you know I went on there thanks to you. I went on Google and looked at pictures of people who have gout and the swollen joints. Yeah, not sexy. Thanks. Not sexy. What do you mean, thanks to me? Well, what did I know? Because I how did I how did I inspire that? You are like a Texan <laughs> drilling for fucking oil. I know you're going to go down <laughs> hot on the old gout. So I looked at videos and I looked. I was like, oh, uh, anyway, maybe, maybe that's where. Because uh, you're you're right. Yeah. I got the impression of someone physically large. He wasn't, but parts of him were not the right parts. Yeah. Well, gout is fairly nasty. Um, I'll get into it in a second, yeah. but uh, and, and gout caused him a lot of trouble. Yeah. And because of that, he wasn't very involved in the banking business or politics because he was laid up a lot, right. suffering, yeah. extreme in pain, pain yes. from oh. gout. Although yeah. in 1461, he was Gonfalonieri of the Signoria, and he was the last Medici ever to hold yeah. that office Ooh. of Gonfalonieri. Pretty much after Piero, they didn't no, need to. Uh, need <laughs> the Gonfalonieri... Yeah called the Medici and asked Look, for permission to yeah. do things. So they were they were above the Gonfaloni area. They didn't need to pretend anymore. Um, and he had been the Florentine ambassador in Milan, Venice, and Paris. And yeah. in France, in fact, King Louis XI had been so fond of Piero mm. that as soon as he became the head of the family... King Louis granted him permission to decorate one of his balls. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, one of the balls of the Medici arms, right. sorry, um, <laughs> with the uh, French lily of, of the House of oh. Valois. So, uh, yes, they when you see the Medici coat of arms, sometimes you will see one with the uh, French lily on it. Right. Uh so that's why uh, it was because of Piero. King Louis liked him so much. He right. said, "Here, but put put this on your balls." <laughs> and and what? And, and unfortunately, he was he. You know what really happened was King Louis could see that Piero was suffering right. from gout. Right. Gave him gave him an ice pack with a lily on it oh. and said, uh, "Here, put this on your this balls." Is the best I can do. Thinking it would give him some relief. Right. Uh, Piero misconstrued that Uh-oh. and and put it on the coat of arms. Oh. But that's not what Louis had to do. But <laughs> no. afterwards, he said, "That's what you that's what you meant, right?" And Louis was like, uh, "Oh, yeah, 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 yeah sure, you got it. sure, you got it right that's, one, yeah, yeah, yeah." That's ex- exactly what I intended. Fuck, these kids. <laughs> yes. Why? Why? Why did you pull down your pants? <laughs> oh, no, nothing. It's just 
gets it's just air. hot. Yeah. So, yeah. Very hot. Yeah. These, these Florida hot. summers. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But, now, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Piero was a detailed Nazi. Oh, that's not good. When Cosimo died, right. he apparently noted down the exact details of how much money they spent on Cosimo's funeral, the kinds of masses that have been paid for, the amount of black cloth given to the women of the family for veils and kerchiefs, the amount of money given to servants and slaves to go buy mourning clothes, and the numbers of candles and the weight of wax that was used. Right. Because uh, he's like, well, you know, yeah, my father just died, but uh, that doesn't mean we can go crazy here. Yeah, that's right. And as we'll see, they they were running out of money at this juncture, so uh, he had to he had to be a little bit careful. Now I want to talk about gout. Yeah, you gout away, my friend. you sound like you're trying to in- interject um, there, Ray. Did you want to say something about King Louis pulling down his pants? No, no. I- and 30 minutes later. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that was probably your best one so far tonight. Don't move. But anyway. Hold still. No. I can do it all day long. <laughs> yeah. No, no, j- just for this for this guy to, to get there. And like you said, the church wasn't going very well. He's in a lot of physical pain. He's he's away from his wife a lot because of her own... Fi- the church wasn't no, going no, very sorry, well? Sorry, the bank, I, Paul. I get, my, I get the church and bank mixed up. I don't know why. Anyway. Keep going, to, keep going up to your Catholic priest <laughs> and saying, hey, 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 can I have a loan? Yeah. Can I have a loan of $5,000? Or, or <laughs> goes, do you want to make a deposit? Either way. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead go ahead pull down your pants no no just between his physical pain uh the jew hammer his age his wife's separation because of her physical pain but yet he's still got to run things and so and, and like you said the bank not doing very well as well as it had i mean this guy in his own way had to be more than the sum of his parts he certainly there was certainly more to him than what his father thought because he is going to be tested in these five short years and he's, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna hold his own. So in a lot, of, a lot of ways, and this was the point you were making a moment ago. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Probably coming as he did in between Cosimo the Great and Lord Flashheart uh, Lorenzo that we'll get into later. So, but this guy had some mental, emotional toughness because he's putting up with a lot, and he's he's gonna he's gonna do the best he can. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. <laughs> Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. I like Always be closing. Because only one thing counts in this life. <clears throat> Get them to sign on the line which is dotted. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. You're weak. Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Sorry, I've been no. obsessed with Glenn Gary Glenn Ross again recently. <laughs> oh, such a good movie. Right. Alec Baldwin in his prime, oh, man. Love, Talk about yeah. it. Good look, a beautiful man. Yes. Good looking. The oh, voice. forget oh, about it. The voice. Oh, the oh everything. I'm the blue eyes. Myself. Yes. Bl- anyway, <laughs> so so enlighten enlighten us about gout. Gout. Yes. Gout is a type of arthritis oh. caused by too much uric acid in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. You get it from eating too much red meat, wine, and beer. Oh God. And it basically builds up in your joints, quite often starts uh, in the fingers and the toes, and you basically get huge lumps, like really, really big lumps as the uric acid builds up as like hard crystals in the joints, and it swells and it swells and it swells. Also quite often get it in uh, the ankles and in in the throat. Yes. Yeah, oh. um, very, very, very nasty now, and and even would have been more so then. Um, now, of course, thanks to uh, modern fake medicine, <laughs> uh, you just rub a bit of coconut oil on it and, and some, aromatherapy, and, some and, it, and it, yeah, and it immediately right. does nothing. But uh, back then, oh, you had to hold still. It was, it was yeah, yeah. Um, now. This is interesting. I didn't really understand this or appreciate this until researching this episode. At the time, mm-hmm. uh, eating vegetables was considered something only poor people did. <laughs> right. Vegetables were peasant food. Yes. Uh, meat right. was expensive, and so the, the elite ate it constantly to show how rich they were. 
And because they didn't have refrigeration, mm. meat had often gone off Mm-mm. by the time it hit the plate. <laughs> so they used rich sauces, oh. aromatic sauces, right. to cover up the taste mm. of the uh, off meat. Right. Um, why? Why you 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 spray your genitals with the aftershave uh, always in the evening? Cover up the, the courtesy smell that has gone <laughs> off. <laughs> it's a courtesy. Uh, I think of other people all the time. Mm. Yeah. So so they're not. Mm. So they're eating a bunch of meat. They're eating a bunch of bad meat. They're not eating vegetables. They're eating a lot of kidney and liver dishes in Florence. Uh, and like you said, they're drinking. I mean, this is just. And they're only getting older day by day. I mean, this has got to be horrendous, and a lot of people are suffering for it. But it's what you did when you were the elite. So guess what? They're going to keep doing it. Yeah. They actually, um, they wrote a song about it. Oh, here we go. Shout, shout, shout. get it all out. These are the things I can do without vegetables. Give me some meat. Vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Too much time together. Oh my god! That's like yeah, it was yeah, 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 yeah. It was even worse in the winter uh, when root vegetables were apparently the main dish of most people. Meat was scarce. I guess a lot of a lot of critters went into hibernation. Oh, yeah. Too hard to go hunting in the snow. Uh, so yeah, the the elite had vitamin and mineral deficiencies a lot. They didn't understand, of course, that vegetables are good for you. They were like basically three-year-olds, all of the elite. They didn't know. Now, when he was in pain from gout, which was most of the time, and he'd had this because he grew up rich, Piero, uh, this had been – and there might be some uh, genetic uh, disposition to it as well. Some of the books say that he inherited it from his family because Cosimo had it as well, particularly later in life. But he had it his entire adult life, Piero. It just got worse over the years. And he would be, you can imagine, you're laid up in bed, you're in an extraordinary amount of pain. There's no fucking ibuprofen back then. There's no right. no painkillers except booze. Right. Um, mm. So he was in, and, and booze is just making it worse because wine and beer <laughs> right? <laughs> just add to, they're like, oh, I've got this pain from the gout, doctor. What should I do? <laughs> oh, just drink a couple of flasks of wine, my boy. Um, he's in a lot of pain, he's out of life. So he's, he's quite often irritable, doesn't want to move, distant from people, which obviously didn't help with the whole... Medici uh, 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 relations, Ooh, like the the yeah. political and and economic relations, which is one of the reasons he wasn't very involved in the banking or the political side of things, because uh, he was just a grumpy fuck right. a lot of the time because of of the pain that he was in and his inability to to get around or to move much, and the reputation of the Medici had already been suffering during the last 10 years or so of Cosimo's rule. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Ray? Uh, before we move on real quick, I just wanted to mention one other thing about gout, because like I said, I went I went deep on this one. I read this one thing because I was wondering, did he get it from his father? Did he maybe also, you know, did Cosimo get it from uh, from from Papa Joe? Because there, are, there were descriptions of him um, being physically uh, awkward when he was older. So I was doing some research as far as, can you, you know, do you inherit this? Is it inheritant and um, your diet as well? And so I, was, I found this. The John Hopkins Arthritis Center reported that gout can run in families, but how frequently this occurs is not known exactly. Studies have shown familial incidence um, ranging from 11 to 80 uh, percent. One English study showed that 40 percent of gout patients had a family history of gout. In almost all cases, there were multiple genes that controlled the elevated levels of uric acid and thus the inheritance of gout is variable. So that was probably there as well, but you're right. It's probably mostly the, the diet, the lack of vegetables and the sitting around all day. Um, uh, this guy was just getting more miserable as he, as he aged. And the one thing that I remember the, out of all the different videos I watched for this, the one thing that stuck with me was when these, when these, uh, the uric acid 
forms into crystals and the crystals get into the joints. So not only is there almost like a razor blade in your joints, if you hold, you, you think in, if you hold very still, maybe that would minimize the pain, but it doesn't because the blood's running through the muscles and things like that and things are constantly being moved. And so the pain is not only incredible, but if you try to move, it becomes more incredible. So this guy is not only miserable a lot, a lot of the time, but he's, he literally can't move. It's sit down, elevate your feet, don't move. And this guy is like the elite man of Florence, and he's stuck in a sitting whatever position for huge amounts of his time because of this disease. I would have been a miserable fuck as well. What do you mean, would have been? <laughs> um, it was known as the disease of kings. More than 8 million Americans oh. apparently suffer from gout. My father-in-law, Chrissy's dad, has gout. Um, women these days are more prone to it after menopause. Men tend to develop it between the ages of 30 and 50, particularly if you're overweight, suffering from high blood pressure and sit around talking into a microphone (laughs) all day. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was researching this, I started to get a pain in my left foot. That's not good. And I actually, I'm serious, I went to the doctor. Oh, my God. And I said, uh, get this pain in my foot. Is it gout? And he said, uh, no, you just strained it at the gym, you idiot. Right. And I was like, oh, right. Like go eat some vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I do. You know, I don't don't drink a lot of wine or red beer, but I do eat quite a bit of red meat, as you know. Right, because you're um, a man. But anyway, the disease of kings. Right. Well, there you go. If you have to go of something, I, I, I would think that would be it. But I think the point we're trying to make is, even though this guy's in a lot of pain, as he goes through the five years of his leadership, whether he makes good decisions, bad decisions, he wasn't mentally affected by the pain. He might have been miserable, but it's not like his mental abilities were off. And so whatever he decides, good or bad, it's on him. He can't blame, you know, he can't say, because of the pain, I did this. So we'll find out what kind of leader he was. But uh, going back to your original question, so as you said earlier, Cosimo ruled, you know, from 1434 to his death in 1464. And in the last years of his rule, it was obvious to to a lot of people, it was becoming more obvious that he really is the ruler. Yes, they still have the Signoria. Yes, they still have the the guilds uh, do elections every couple of months. But Cosimo is the one who's pulling the strings. And, uh, you know, over time, resentment can build up for that because Sometimes, and I think it's just human nature, even if things are running smoothly, and even if you have a job or you're making money, there's still going to be a part of you that's like, you know, why should this guy have all the power and why should he be ruling for 30 years? And so if if the lower class gets upset with you, eh, but if the, if the emergents start getting upset with you, that's something a little different. You throw in a little jealousy. And so resentment starts to build. And eventually it's going to get to the point where someone's going to talk to someone else and maybe take some action. Yeah. And I think there were other things going on as well. Mm-hmm. Like even some of Cosimo's closest friends and advisors were turning on Ooh. him late in life. Oh, shit. Getting frustrated with him. Um, maybe it might have been how long the, the quasi-dictatorship had going on. But also, as we saw in our last episode about Cosimo, as he's getting older, he's thinking less and less about business, more and more about He's reading Plato. Yes. He's uh, he's reading his Bible. He's uh, thinking about, you know, uh, dying. How do you die well? What comes yeah. What comes afterwards? Yeah. You know, how much of my money can I take with me? <laughs> what does it cost to buy a, a decent, uh, uh, you know, penthouse right. suite in heaven with an ensuite? Not not too much noise. I like right. to be in the middle of things because yeah. I'm a mover and a shaker. <laughs> but you know, I want to be separated from the the hoi polloi. Right. The wings cost um, extra. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, and what, what what models of wings do we have? Uh, anything with, you know, like, I'm not flashy. No. As everyone knows, I'm not flashy. I want them to be nice. Don't right. get me wrong. Yeah. I don't want your shabby wings. Right. I've seen some paintings, particularly oh, by these, uh, yes. you know. Little much. Pre, late, like Giotto, these late yeah. pre-Renaissance right. uh Painters, the wings look like they're made out of fucking wood. Don't want any wooden wings. <laughs> and they can't just be too doesn't... small because if they don't work, yeah. what's the fucking point? If I can't fly, yeah. come on. Like, I, I, I don't care if they, like, it looks like I have wings. <laughs> if I'm going to die, I want wings. I want to be able to fly. I... And, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so he's he's thinking about all this kind of stuff. These are important things. Right. So, but he's not he's not paying attention to the biz, right? Well, and to the power. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but but I'm glad you brought that up because these people can think that he's getting what weak or soft in his old age. But one, this guy lives to seventy five, and he's done these incredible things with his life. And you can you can forgive or excuse him for thinking, okay, what happens to me next? You know, out of all of the things that I've learned, out of all of the things that I've read, all this Plato, and and I get that it's like, okay, it's time it's it's time for me to push aside Cicero and serving the state. I've done all that. I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about my soul. And so he reads Plato. He reads about the supreme good. Which I I did a little bit of reading on that, and I thought that was pretty cool. And he's got these questions, so maybe he's thinking, I don't want to go around in my last couple of years or months fighting with people over money or getting into it or breaking off friendships or pissing off people because I'm trying to make sure I have a clean slate when I die. I, I mean, I think he can be forgiven for that, but these other people who are not as old as him, who are not dying, don't cut him any slack. And they do see him as weak, and they think maybe it's time for some regime change and it's time for this guy to go. They think he's weak? The leads are weak. <laughs> Fucking leads are weak. You're weak. Nice guy, I don't give a shit. Good father, fuck you. Go home and play with your kids. <laughs> These are the new leads. Oh my God, These are the Glengarry leads. <laughs> and you don't get them because on you they would be wasted. Oh my God. These leads are for closers. You think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. <laughs> I'm scared right now. I'm scared and turned on. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's the best. That's, the, that's how I like it. <laughs> His old friend, yes. Cosimo's old friend, uh, not Alec Baldwin's, Anolo right. Acciawoli, we've talked about before. Right. He's the guy he sent to France in 1451 to hash out a deal with King Chucky. He, he went into exile with Cosimo. Cosimo brought yes. him back. Even he turned against Cosimo at the end and thought Piero was totally the wrong guy <laughs> to take over. Not going to work. He said that yeah. Cosimo had become a coward in his old age and wasn't prepared to make any hard decisions. And there was some truth to that. Yeah. Now, several, well, quite a few, actually, uh, Medici Bank clients right. ha had loans, significant loans that were massively overdue. <laughs> Right. Cosimo had just let them go. Uh, and instead of calling them in, right. he had just let people keep the money. And now there may be several reasons for this. Sure. I mean, it may be he was too old, too sick, too distracted, thinking about Plato and the leads, <laughs> the Glengarry leads, to really care. <laughs> or maybe, I mean, to give him credit, he's a smart guy, maybe... It was a it was a business decision. Yeah. Maybe he Good knew right. they couldn't afford to pay the loans back, and it was better to keep them on friendly terms for right. political reasons. Because you're just going to bankrupt to them. Yeah, yeah. Call in the money. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, you know what's more important that I leave my children, uh, 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 you know, an extra couple of million florins in the bank account, or yeah. A bunch of goodwill. Political support right. of the merchants in Florence and uh, foreign kings and that kind of stuff. And and the one part, the other part of that is, if, and I think, I think you could be onto something there, but the other part is Cosimo doesn't have to explain himself. It's like, if I decide not to go after these people who can't afford it and it will just ruin them and they'll have to leave town and people will start hating me, I don't have to go through all of that. I said, don't worry about it. So fucking don't worry about it. But the perception in this case, is more important than the reality. Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> That's what he said. Now, another guy who wasn't happy with Cosimo at the end was another one of his most trusted advisors, Diotti Salvi Neroni. Damn. Now, like Acciawoli, Neroni was a member of an old family. Mm -hmm. They had their own wealth, probably a lot of it tied up with uh, the Medici. And of course... Got to keep in mind too that these guys, these these old rich white guys, yeah. <laughs> who had thrown their lot in with Cosimo for the last thirty odd years, they've got a lot riding on the continued political and oh. economic success of the Medici. If the Medici fall, they fall. The old families come back. These guys get fucked up the ass by the old families right. because of their 
support for the Medici. So this isn't pettiness. This exactly. is survival. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If 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 the Medici go down, then we all go down, and I'm not going down. <laughs> I'm not going down. Not going down anymore. And I got the job. Sorry. Go ahead. He did. <laughs> that is the job. <laughs> not sure if you've worked that out yet. He didn't like uh, Piero either. Right. And God. these guys, are, you know, I guess they're coming to the point where they're going, all right, well, listen, Cosimo's old and weak and uh, dead now. Uh, Piero's a bit of a loser. Right. Uh, no experience. Right. Lies in bed all the time, moping Money. about his poor fucking gout. Um it's you know it's time to take power for ourselves. Our time right. has come. <clears throat> now, when Piero took over the bank, he asked Neroni to do an audit of the bank's finances for him. He said he wanted to find out how many feet of water he was standing in. <laughs> oh, so he obviously already had some sense right. that uh, they weren't in the strongest financial situation they'd ever been in. Neroni decided to scare him and maybe deliberately tried to push him in a particular direction to further weaken the political support of the Medici. And he said the bank was really low on funds because Cosimo had been letting people get away with too much shit. And uh, again, there was some truth to that. Uh, The Ottoman-Venetian War that had been going on since 1463, the year before Cosimo died, and would continue until 1479, obviously fucked up a lot of trade in Europe. The the silk and spice trade was in tatters. Silks and materials from Florence and Venice and places like that uh, getting fucked up. The spice coming from the, the Near East was being screwed up. So, you know, and it's expensive to obviously fight a war. People are distracted. It's expensive. Trade shuts down. That's going to have ripple effects throughout the economy. Merchants are going to be struggling. Kings and and, and, uh, republics are going to be struggling because Venice was a republic Um, because they have to pay for all of this. You have to pay for mercenaries and armies and all, all that kind of stuff. Cover... The, the decline in taxation to their economy because the economy's fucked. Um, now, the war apparently started, mm-hmm. this Ottoman-Venice war. Do you know how it started? Did you read the story? No, please tell me. Did someone give someone a, a bad look? No, I, I don't know. Tell me. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. You're weak. <laughs> so I'm going to play every time you can't answer a question. Um, the war started because a slave... Oh, fuck of the Ottoman commander of Athens fled to Venice with a hundred thousand silver coins from his owner's treasury and then converted to Christianity. (laughs) Why would that be important? So send first, then convert. I like that. Why why is it relevant that he converted to Christianity? Um, Isn't the Christians and the Turks going at each other? Yes, but what's that got to do with? Why would the slave convert to Christianity? Uh, I don't know. Is he trying to save his soul for, I don't know. No, my guess is it's because they won't extradite a Christian oh, uh, back to the right. Ottomans. If he's a, They're if save he's a Muslim right. slave, Good point. yeah, he's fucked. But if he's a Christian, oh yeah. Uh, according to Paul's epistle, uh, <coughs> it's his earliest, what's his got the funny name, begins with the P. Can't remember. But in one of uh, St. Paul's epistles, right. he sends a slave back to his master That's and right. says, slave had visited him in prison, and he sends it back to the master. It begins with, oh, fuck, what is that? And he says, um, hey, listen, like, I'm sending him back to you because he's a slave, yeah. and listen. That's what God like, would want. I, 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 and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, God loves Obedient slavery. Slaves. Right. Obedient slaves, right. nothing more. But he's a Christian slave, so listen, So don't don't yeah. fuck him up too much, right? right? But I am sending him back. Yeah. I could tell him, no, no, stay with me. It's good, I'll, I'll protect equal. you. In the eyes but, of God. But I'm sending, yeah, right. uh, we are all equal, <laughs> well, but some are, more, some are more equal than others. <laughs> so I'm sending him back to you, but be nice to him because right. he's a Christian. Just four lashes. Right. And, if, and, and then Paul threatens the guy. 
He says, and if you don't, if I get any report back that you're not treating him well, oh. I'm, I'm fucking coming for you. <laughs> and I'm Paul, so bitch. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, shit, Paul. <laughs> Who? Calm the fuck down, Paul. Slow your roll. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the Ottoman commander demanded they send him back with the money. The Venetians refused, and that was yeah. the cause of the war, supposedly. Uh, could have just been the Ottomans trying to take more territory too. Right. Because they were doing a lot of that. That's probably part of it. And, well. and the Christians had been, you know, sending uh, uh, fucking, uh, the, the crusades for centuries. And so the Ottomans were like, yeah, we'll show you what a crusade looks like, bitches. Payback time. Um, yeah. But anyway, so Neroni does this audit. Piero decides to take action, immediately calls in a number of loans domestically and internationally. And this causes the Medici a lot of problems. Yeah, I mean, we all know, and and even Piero can know, and even if he's um if he's bedridden or whatever, he's got to know that the bank is nowhere near the heights maybe it, it was under uh, Cosimo. And there's no shame in that because different times things change. But yeah, when you start calling things in, when you start calling all these um these loans in, people are ruined. They can't pay if there is any influence. You know they're going to be exiled. And so clearly the high water mark, mark for the bank is, is in the past. It was during the time of, of um, Cosmo. And the other thing that really didn't help was when it came to the branch in England, clearly King Edward IV wasn't going to repay his loans for the wars because uh, he doesn't have to. There's no one above him, and God doesn't count in this case, and so he's not going to pay it back. The same thing in, in the same situation in Bruges in northwestern in modern northwest uh, northwestern Belgium. They're not going to pay it back either. So basically, Northern Europe is not helping the Medici's keep their cash flow going, and there's just a lot of uh, financial trouble that's going on. And so when Piero calls back the debts in Florence, a lot of the merchants find themselves facing bankruptcy. All you know, overall, they're pretty pissed about it. And th- this is very important class because the merchants, the guilds, are the ones who keep staying loyal to the the Medici. Um, and so, the, so not only is he hurting the bank as the bank shrinking, but at the same time, he's starting to weaken his own political base as well. Mm. Shit's getting real now. Yeah, shit's getting real. King Edward the Fourth, Ray. How much do you know about King Edward the Fourth? Ooh, not enough. Tell me about it. Well, um, the London office notified him that the debts owed by King Edward the Fourth weren't going to be paid. Right. And we've talked a lot in the past, and also on our uh, Rothschilds show um, on the Cold War, mm-hmm. the Court Jew. Uh, we've talked about the the. Trouble, the, the difficult is being bankers to kings right. back in the day because Dicey. the king could just go, you know what, I'm not paying you back. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? <clears throat> Fuck um, yeah. King Edward IV, now I, uh, you know, to make sure that Martin Darlington doesn't get up <laughs> all my shit <laughs> on this, I decided I should, you know, get my facts right? straight Good for you. on Good for you. British royalty. <laughs> Want to say thank you to MD. He actually, uh, on request, went to the local souk in Qatar and uh, uh, tracked down a chesva for me, a, a little Turkish coffee oh, pot nice. that uh, he acquired and uh, is sending uh, back to Australia with another Aussie. Nice. Who is nice then going to ship it to me. So uh, I, I owe you some money for that, MD. Send me, tell me how much. And, uh, yeah, because I'm drinking my Turkish coffee every day now, so uh, I wanted a nice... I was like, fuck, I should have bought one when I was in Qatar last year. And then I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just get MD to yeah. go shopping for me. What's what's the point of having friends in distant places <laughs> exactly. if you can't exactly. call in the favour? Um, check out Martin's History history by Hollywood podcast. Should give him a plug. That's worth more than money. Yes. Uh, Edward IV was the first Yorkist king. Mm. Came to power in 1461, just a few years before Cosimo died, and he was about a third of the way through the War of the Roses at the time that uh, Piero called in the loan. War of the Roses went from 1455 to 1487. Good God. Two rival branches of the Royal House of Plantagenet, Mm -hmm. the House of Lancaster, and the House of York right. were fighting for the throne. Do you know why it's called the War of the Roses, Ray? Uh, was that uh, an emblem or a, or something? 
No, I don't know. It was something. Yeah, no, it was a good guess. It was something. <laughs> yeah. Raise uh, the full. <clears throat> there you go. Like, take a take a knee, people. Yeah. Like, there's the full weight <laughs> of Ray's I, intellect. I knew the answer twenty being years applied ago. There. But I don't. Yeah, the, the fuck it, it, was it was something. It was something. It was. It not was not nothing. No. No. It, it was, was something. something. And you got that. You got that part. It sounds right. like a Seinfeld episode. Something. Right. It was something. Yeah. Why? The, why is it called the War of the Roses? But go ahead, go ahead, pull down your pants. White roses, red roses, uh, something? I don't fucking know. I don't Yes, know. the House of Lancaster was associated with the red rose, mm-hmm. the House of York, the white rose. I did read, though, that um, the name, uh, the War of the Roses, wasn't given to it until a long time later. It actually oh. came from something Shakespeare said. He depicted them picking roses. And I think, in fact, uh, I think I've got this the right way around. I think the white rose was around. It was the emblem of the House of York. Mm-hmm. The red rose, the Lancasters didn't develop until much later. And oh. then they were like, ah, oh, you know, and then they Pity. said, oh, look, let's have a red rose. And then the Tudors <laughs> came along and mixed the two together to get the Tudor rose, gotcha. which is pink. Oh, that's nice. A bit of red, a bit of white. Yeah. Um, anywho, they were fighting over the throne because Henry VI had gone insane after losing the Hundred Years' War sure. to France. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Losing a Hundred Years' War. Hundred years, <laughs> your family uh, been fighting this thing and you money fucked it up. And men, come on, that's embarrassing. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, there was, so he wasn't, so apparently Edward IV wasn't going to pay it back. Uh, he was in the middle of this big war, didn't have the money. He said, in fact, I need more money. <laughs> uh, similar news from the Medici office in Bruges. Right. Loans to the king wouldn't be repaid. Piero also called in loans from merchants around Florence, and that drove Ooh. many of them into bankruptcy. Ooh. So, as you said, this increased anger towards the Medici, and that helped these these other rich power players in Florence see their opportunity to maybe get the Medici while they're weak. Right. And it, unfortunately, it was a lot of their old friends, uh, Accioli, Neroni, uh, Luca Pitti, mm-hmm. who we've talked about in the past, who's a good friend of Cosimo for many years, Aww. built the Palazzo Pitti right. in the Oltrano that we, we visited when we were there. It's where the Bobbly Gardens are and the, the little statue of you riding a, a tortoise. Um, he started building that in 1458, ended up in the hands of the Medici later yeah, on, it but it was it was massive. It was the biggest thing in Florence, biggest palace, bigger than the Palazzo Medici by a fucking landmark. Palazzo Medici was just a nice house, right? Really, right? Uh, this place, the Palazzo Pitti, was it was a message, you know? Yeah, it was basically his version of uh, you know, whatever. What's what's uh, mental Blake? What's the name? What's the name of the Bourbon Castle in uh, uh, oh France? Oh God! Right, uh, Versailles. 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 Yeah. Versailles. Yeah. Yeah. Real gold, people. Um, real gold. Real gold. Yeah. What is real gold? Uh, uh, on the gates and the buildings, and we kept pointing things out. And the tour guy told us it was uh, a lot of it was really? real gold. So, did you did you go there with mum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome with my mum. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took your did mom you do, there. Did you try and fill my? <laughs> <laughs> did you try and fill my mum up in the hall of mirrors? Uh, let's just say she likes mirrors. Um, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly the the uh, crazy mirrors, because you actually look like normal human height. Right. It, it was those, that, that was know, the they stretched you. That's, what, like, oh, okay. that's what did it for, her, and it was on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell I said that because I'm afraid of her. Please. Actually, who's taller, you or my mum? I'm gonna say be about the same. Height. I'm gonna say I'm a head taller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But then you. I took no, is that because she she gave you? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I no. respect, revere, and fear your mom, not in that order. She's a hard hitter. She's she's a puncher. She's a puncher. Yeah, wait, wait till you see her with a fucking uh, chainsaw. Oh, my God. <laughs> Scary. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, look at pity. So he turned on them. Like... And this is one of the things that Cosimo had let happen. You know, as we we talked about this a long time ago uh, when we were doing the Cosimo episodes, Pitti was very ostentatious. Yes. Uh, you know, complete opposite of uh, Cosimo. Cosimo. Cosimo had power, so he didn't need to be ostentatious. Right. Pitti had no power, 
so he wanted to look like he had power. And Cosimo was fine with that. He was yeah. fine with visitors yeah. assuming that Pitti was the richest man in Florence right. because Cosimo didn't need the attention. Cosimo was like Tony Coniston. He didn't give a fuck right. what people thought because he knew he was rich. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I don't care. Yeah. Just, what the fuck? yeah, I'm just a guy. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Doesn't um, need to swing his dick around. Right, Doesn't need all of the attention. Exactly. Like us. Right. <laughs> We're compensating. Tony does not have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't need to compensate. No, no. Um, but now that Cosimo's gone, Pity's making a play for real power. <laughs> right. He's 66, though. He's not a, he's Ooh, not a young, he young thing, but he's got kids, got kids coming up underneath right. him. Now, Florence ends up divided into two factions, the Party of the Hill... Um, the Pitti faction. I've actually got uh, a recording of one of their secret meetings. Oh, nice. Now you listen to me, mister. I work for a living. And I mean real work, not writing down gobbledygook. I provide the people of this community with propane and propane accessories. So... (laughs) That reminds me, yeah. my favorite clip from that show is whenever I leave the house, Heather would say something like, don't be a hero. And I'll, and I'll uh, quote Hank Hill and I'll say, it's too late for that. <laughs> propane and propane <laughs> accessories. Yeah. So this guy is uh, trying to literally take his image and make it reality by going, it's time for me to be the big dog. Yeah. Party of the Hill, which is the... Pity faction, so called because uh, the Pity Palace is on a hill, <clears throat> and the Party of the Plain, which was the Medici faction, <sighs> because peace. their palazzo was on the flat ground Humble. of the the north of right. the city centre. The other, it's on the other side of the Arno. That's by the way, I said the Pity Palace was on uh, the Oltrano. It's on the Oltrano is like the other side of the Arno. Right. Um, so Archiwoli Neroni uh, Niccolo Soldorini. Right. leader of another old and wealthy Florentine family, all sided with the party of the Hill faction. These are all old friends of the Medici. Aww, They've all dicks. set up their own faction. And Soderini became the spokesman of the Hill faction. He started demanding the end of the corrupt voting system that had kept the Medici in power for the last 30 years, known as the Accoppiatori. Explain the accoppiatori to people, Ray. Is that the old system where, <clears throat> and forgive me because it's been many episodes, where they would write all those names on freaking beans and they would they would select names and they would wield them down and get them down and get them down and then suddenly have their signore and they, they'd have the city council and they'd have other positions, which you kept for a couple of months, and then they would freaking do it all over again just to make sure no one was in power long enough to take permanent control of the city. No, that was the way that the elections worked, were supposed to work. Oh. The, the copiatory was something that um, the Medici put into, Cosimo put into place. Basically, the, the little beans right. that you're putting in the bag, yeah. the borse, uh, the only names that were allowed <laughs> into those, right. the bag, the borse, were the names the of names. people n- nominated by the guild. Right. The guilds. Right. And the guilds were controlled by the Medici. So uh, the ah. Medici would loan money to the merchants. They controlled the guilds. Then the guilds would would uh, put a group of approved candidates right. into the bourse. And the people could choose to elect <laughs> any of those people. You can vote for anyone you like we want you to as vote. long as it's one of these people that we've yeah. pre-selected. Yeah. For you. Here's our beans. It's a bit like America right now. America's getting to the point where you can vote for anyone <coughs> you like as long as they're a white male billionaire. Right. Other than that, you, you have... Any billionaire you like, freedom. you can vote for. Yes, yes. Mm. Or, in the case of Joe Biden, somebody who uh, came to power by asking a, hit, a mafia hitman <laughs> to uh, manipulate the local uh, uh, newspaper for him. Yeah. So anyone, yeah. <laughs> anyone, anyone as long as they're a billionaire or somebody who's mobbed up, that's, right. uh, that's basically what we're saying. Because we yeah. got the goods on. Yeah, so, so Soderini's the, the mouth uh, spokesman, mouthpiece for this party on the hill. He's probably an eloquent speaker. He can move the people, and he's getting out there, and he's 
pounding on the payment or whatever. We need to get rid of this corrupt voting system that allows the Medici to hold power. Let's go back. Are we a democracy or are we not? Let's go back to what the way it was. But pity who's probably standing behind this, rolling his eyes, thinks, fuck this, it is now time to strike. The merchants are pissed off at the, um, at the Medici. Maybe the um, Popolo Monuto are, are mad at them. We certainly know that other powers outside of Florence now seems to be the time to strike while this pathetic Piero, who is um, bedridden, is laid up. Now's the time for me to step in and become the true power in Florence. But go ahead, go ahead, pull down your pants. <laughs> That's what he was saying. Well, that's where we're gonna. That's where we're gonna end uh, a conspiracy against the Medici, against Piero Medici in particular. They're gonna come after him with there's pile driver, the sledgehammer, <laughs> and that's when professional wrestling started. I fucked your wife. Just slide that in at the end. The Crocs ate well that day, my friend. <laughs> Crocodile Rock. <laughs> going to hell we'll be back till then just remember it takes brass balls to sell real estate put that coffee down you think I'm fucking with you I am not fucking with you coffee's for closers only your decision for Christ. Always be closing.